Welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today I'm joined by Cecil Bullard, the founder of the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Uh, Cecil and I are going to have a great conversation about the piece that he wrote in the January issue under the SOP department uh, about pay plans. We're going to unpack that piece, talk about all the various pay plans available to auto shop owners in the marketplace, and then talk about the pros and cons of each and then dial into what is the best pay plan then that shops should be embracing. So um, Cecil and I have a great conversation about that. hope you enjoy it. hope you get a lot out of it. Um, there's a lot to unpack. So here's Cecil. Welcome to Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Thank you. Yeah. So you come to us from the Institute of Automotive Business Excellence. Tell us about the business. Uh, we help uh, shop owners um, in all different kinds of ways. We run 20s groups. We do one-on-one coaching consulting. We have service advisor sales training. We have manager training. Uh, um, and then we're, we have online classes and other things. Uh, mainly we educate and help the automotive industry grow and be successful. Well, you and I collaborated in the January issue on a column about choosing the best technician pay rate. So I want to unpack that a little bit. So as far as technician pay plans are concerned, walk us through all of the available pay plans that are typically on the marketplace that, that are, you know, shops are utilizing right now. So you've got, you've got salary or hourly. Um, most shops are probably hourly, the majority today. Uh, so a technician has an hourly wage. Um with hourly, you have hourly plus some kind of a bonus. So a uh, guy gets 26 bucks an hour, but if he does 40 hours, he gets 28, something like that. Um, uh, salary would be sa- just salary um, with or without a bonus structure plan. You have flat rate. Uh, flat rate is still, I don't know, 30, 35% of the industry, meaning that uh, if you produce an hour of work that I can sell, I pay you, you know, a certain amount, 33 bucks an hour, 35, 28, whatever that would be. Um, and then you have um, what I call uh, performance enhanced pay plans or blends of the kind of the, the three different styles. So you might have a um, uh, an hourly that you then structure uh, a bonus or a series of bonuses based on what I want that technician to accomplish or that service advisor to accomplish. So we would uh, we would look at you know how much money you're going to run through or how much should a technician produce if if they were at 40 hours in your shop and uh, we would look at where you currently are. So most shops today their production is right around 70% of so if the techs they're eight hours they're actually producing whatever it is uh 5.8 or 5.6 whatever um 70 percent of that is and um and so if i'm paying somebody hourly uh and they're only producing you know 5.8 hours instead of eight and i'm kind of buying eight hours from them i might be paying them 28 dollars an hour and then i would have a load on top of that so if i could workers comp etc uh paid holidays etc that takes me to about 36 dollars and 40 cents an hour and then i have to take into account the fact that they're productive or they're not productive uh in my shop because so if i if i have a uh, an employee that's 70 percent productive uh then their actual cost from a 28 dollar an hour employee is 52 dollars an hour 
Okay. And then you have to understand your effective labor rate. So I have a posted labor rate and, uh, you know, my posted labor rates, whatever, 120 bucks an hour, but my effective labor rate for many shops is often less or considerably less than that. Because when I'm doing oil changes, I might be 60 or $70 an hour. And when I'm doing comebacks, I'm $0 an hour. And I might have a few canned jobs, like my brake job, where I lower my labor rate because I think I need to be competitive with the brakes are us down the street. Or uh, my, you know, we do we, we do with the oil changes mostly in the industry. But um, shop owners, different shop owners in different areas feel that, well, I got to be competitive with the you know, the guy down the street in this particular job or these particular jobs, and they lower their labor rates. So when we look at a whole combination of all the hours that you build out and all the dollars that you actually brought in, and we do the math, the effective labor rates are lower than that. You talked about the flat rate being 35% of the industry. What is the, the most popular pay plan? I would tell you that probably hourly is the most popular pay plan. I, I, I don't know any statistical data that would back that up, but from the hundreds of shops that we work with, you know, we see hourly when we first move in, in probably... 50, 60% of the cases. And so hourly is probably the most popular in the industry today. Okay. It's, a, well, it's also probably the most, um, I don't know, it, 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 hourly puts the stress um, on the business and flat rate puts the stress on the technician. And so we don't think the business should be completely stressed or at fault. And I also don't think the tech should be. So we like combination pay plans, um, what I call performance enhanced or structured pay plans. Well, walk us through what a structured pay plan would look like on a, in a shop. So I, I would want to understand, again, my effective labor rate. So what what can I pay a tech? And, and I can pay a technician uh, about 40% of my effective labor rate. So if I'm posted at 120, but I'm actually at 90 that's what I really get, then I can pay 40% of that, which is $36. So a uh, we're going to move that up. We're going to say that I'm, I'm posted at 150, but I get 140. And I can pay 40% of that, which would be $56. Um, and that would be loaded. So that would include FICA, FUTA, workers comp, whatever, medical, dental, 401k, uh, PTO, um, you know, paid holidays, et cetera. And so uh, I can, but I could afford, again, with a $140 effective labor rate, uh, $56 to a technician who does 100%, right? So a, a um, performance enhanced pay plan would, would look at that and would say, I want to pay probably about 60% of that unloaded. So I would take, you know, $56 down. I would take it down probably $10 because I'm going to have FICA and feud and workers comp, et cetera. And it's, uh, you know, roughly 20% or so depends on how high the labor rate goes. So the higher your effective labor rate, the less of a percentage your benefits become. Um, and, uh, and so I would take that, that 56 down to 46 and I would take some of the neighborhood of, uh, 60% of it or so, uh, to pay, uh, a technician, a base pay hourly, so somewhere around $32, $34 an hour, and I still have 12 to $14 an hour to pay that technician. So I'm not trying to cheat the tech. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, my God, you know, um, you can afford to pay this, but you're only paying this. Um, then I would define what it is I want from a technician. 
And so from techs, I want productivity. That's probably my most important thing because labor costs go up dramatically as the technician is less than 100% product, uh, producing less than eight hours a day. And so I would uh, build in a bonus structure around probably the first bonus would, would come in at 35 bucks an hour. Most of the pay plans I build, that's what they look like. And so that's an, another dollar an hour for all hours produced. But if you get to 40, that's another $3 an hour total. So one for the first, you know, 35 and then three or two more for, for when you get to 40. So now I'm paying $3 an hour on 40 hours. And then... I would go up another two when I hit when the employee hit 45 hours. And the reason we can do 45 hours in a 40-hour day is because we have uh, labor matrices that would increase our labor by 20%. So if the book says two hours, I'm probably selling it for 2.4, 2.5 to my client. And uh, that helps the technician be productive. It helps me cover some of the cost of the technician when he's not working on the car, when he's cleaning the bay, when he's test driving the car, stuff like that. And and so now, again, I had that 56. I paid, uh, let's say we paid uh, 36. And I've built five into pr- production. And then there are other things that I need from my technician, like quality of work. So I could have a bonus uh, based on the last quarter uh, of a couple of bucks an hour if the if the comeback rate was less than say one or two percent so i might put in a two dollar an hour bonus for all produced hours if the work was done well and then i want education so i would have an education bonus in my shop if we if our techs got 12 hours in a quarter the previous quarter 12 hours uh, a month in the previous quarter so a total of of whatever that is 12 hours in the quarter total Um, Then we would pay the technician another $2 an hour actually in their base pay, so hourly or in their production bonus. And then there are other things like ASE certifications, L1 ASEs, a master ASE. There's a new L1. I don't know what it's like, an L7 or whatever, but there's another more advanced um, uh, certification from them. And I might end up building... $15, $14, $16 into bonus structure, the higher they produce, the more they get paid. So, uh, and then I also have longevity. So usually I have a a dollar an hour at three years with a company and another dollar at five. And so now I've actually got the technician up to over $46. They're at $48 or $49. And then I have the load, so now I'm not paying out 56, which is kind of where I need to be. I could be paying out 57, 58, $59 an hour, but only when the technician is more productive and when they're more productive. So just like if a tech works eight hours and I pay for eight hours, but only give me six, it costs me more money. If they work eight hours and they produce nine, it costs me less money, and so I can afford to pay the technician a higher bonus. And so in my shop, um, the last shop I personally ran, which uh, I think I quit running shops myself about 2010, um, I had technicians that were making uh, 110, $120,000, $130,000 a year in, in my shop. Of course, we were in, you know, the, the um, northern uh, mid-California. So we were south of San Francisco, about 20 miles uh, near San Jose. So fairly wealthy area uh, where at the time a technician probably needed to make uh, 110, 120,000 because they had to live in that area. And uh, so we're building these 
performance uh, pay plans based on productivity and hourly. In, in many states, you have an hourly requirement. You got to pay them so much an hour. Uh, in some states, you got to pay them double whatever minimum would be because they got to provide tools. And uh, in most states today, there's some kind of an overtime component. So if your technician is actually on the clock for more than 40 hours, now you're talking about time and a half for anything over that. Or as in states in California, if they're on the clock for more than eight hours on a day, then you're paying time and a half for the rest. So think about that. Um if my average pay is 46 bucks an hour and now the person's going to be on the clock an extra hour a day, I'm actually paying somewhere around 70 something for that hour, even though my effective labor rate has not gone up. And so I'm making less of a percentage. And so you talked earlier about not having the pay plan be a stressor on the shop or a stressor on the technician. How does this solve that problem for both parties? So you have to, if you look at like a, uh, an hourly pay plan, if, if, if the technician is not productive, it doesn't matter because that to the tech matters to the shop. But the tech's still gonna make you know thousand a week, twelve hundred a week, whatever the base pay is for the, that hourly. Um, and so you could have a technician come in, and and we see this. I mean, I was talking to a shop yesterday where they have uh, you know fifty percent productivity, forty nine percent productivity, and they're paying a tech you know thirty six dollars an hour, and then you got the load on top of that. So. It, it actually came down to with the productivity that we were actually paying out over $80 an hour for what we bought. Okay. So you got that problem. That's the shop being at risk. Um, and then for, for flat rate, I mean, if you just go online and watch any of the uh, online comments from techs, it's like flat rate is killing us. It's stealing from us, et cetera. And I can understand why they feel that way because if you're paying them $46 an hour flat rate, but you don't have enough work in your shop or you don't, your systems and processes don't allow the technician to be productive. So you got a guy that's there eight hours, but he's only producing six. He's only getting paid for six. So it puts a whole risk on the, on the tech. And I think, you know, I don't want to put uh, that much risk on my tax and I don't want the shop to be at risk completely by, by creating an hourly with a, a smaller hourly, but a really substantial bonus, you're taking some of the risk away from the shop and you're also taking, you know, the risk away from the tech or most of it. Right. I still have to, my, my tech still have a base. Their base is, you know, if, uh, if I start at 26 or I start at 28, it's 28 times 40 because they're on the clock for 40. And when you when you build these pay plans, I often put um, like little calculators in them so I can tell what the technician is actually being paid. Um, you know, so they might have a you know a, a thirty eight dollar base, and they might might not be producing fifty hours, but they've got their education and they you know they got some of their certifications and they've been here for a while, and they're they're not producing you know thirty hours. They're actually doing. 30, 35, we actually can show where the technician is earning, um, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten dollars $10 more per hour, uh, getting themselves up, you know, around the $50 uh, range in a shop where I started them out at 28 or 30. Um, and so that's how it reduces the risk. You know, I think the other problem is about motivation. You know, I give a, an, an, an hourly uh, rate to a technician, they're going to make, you know, say $1,000 no matter what they they do, whether they put out you know six hours or ten hours, they still make a thousand. Well, I'm not sure. I personally, I was a tech for a long time. I don't like that. So that doesn't motivate me to produce more, to work harder. And so by uh, by changing to say flat rate, 
from the shop owner point of view, well, these guys are lazy. They're not, they're not producing. Right. And that's, I, I hear that a lot. And I, I don't know that that's true. We'll, we might talk about that in a second, but um, by putting a flat rate, then all the motivation, it, you only get paid for the hours you produce. So uh, the whole idea is that the tech will work harder and they don't work as hard on, on um, an hourly. So, but what you want is you want to have management that manages technicians that are unproductive because I, w- I would tell you when I, I've got, I've been doing this now for whatever it is, 14 years. I think uh, yesterday was 14 years since the company was founded or whatever. And I was doing it 10 years before that in a different company. But uh, let's say I've been doing this 14 years. Uh, the average company that I walk in, the technicians are not productive. They're in the 70 range, sometimes in the 50% range. And when you look at it, it's not about lazy technicians. Almost always it's about bad process. So your your parts ordering is screwed up. Your estimate, it takes two hours for a service advisor to actually estimate a job because they don't have the information they need from the tech. So the real problem is that there isn't a good technician estimating system. And because you don't have that system or process in your business, now it takes twice as long or three times as long to estimate a job. So a technician spends a lot of time standing around. It's not productive. And there are other things like uh, dispatch and how you get the cars out. A lot of shops will bring cars in and they'll have, you know, 15 work orders sitting on the service advisor's desk. And when a technician finishes a job, then the service advisor, if he's available or she's available, will hand them a new job. Well, in my shop, we didn't do that. We dispatched all the work orders in the morning, and then we kind of moved things around as the day advanced. But my techs weren't, they didn't need to come in the office to get another job. They knew what they were doing. And so, you know, you look at systems and processes, and you say, wow, our techs aren't productive. And many times it's that. And then there's also estimating. You got a lot of shops today that are feeling that they need to be very, very price competitive. And you have some coaching companies that are, you know, kind of saying, you know, you need to be doing these loss leaders, these discounts and stuff. So it's about price. And and now if if that's the case, and I've got a customer in front of me and they're arguing with me or giving me a hard time about certain things, um, then I'm going to, you know, maybe lower my price. Well, where do I take that from? Most of the time it comes from the hours of the technician. So instead of having a, you know, a two-hour job that you sell at 2.4, 2.5. Now you have a two-hour job that you sell at 1.5. And so you have technicians who are on flat rate who are working at a shop that doesn't, you know, reduce the rate, that doesn't have a decent rate. You know, it's about how you estimate. I mean, I always say that you can make more in your business with a pencil than you can make with all the tools in the toolbox. But you know, in a lot of shops today, the the techs are complaining. Just go online and look at the tech forums and the techs are complaining. You know, there's a six-hour job. I'm only getting paid five for it because they didn't have the, you know, gumption or whatever you want to say, cojones to, to sell it for six and think they could, right? So now you go to serv- service, you know, service advisor skill set. And where do we hold the line on our pricing? Yeah, it's, it's um, I would say it's epidemic. Uh, yeah. I've been... I've been thinking about this an awful lot lately because it's been in the forefront on the forums and I do happen to pay attention to what's going on because I think it's important. And um, we really need for like master technicians, guys that really got it and can do diagnostic today, they probably need to be paying, you know, in, in some areas, maybe 60 is enough. 
but in other areas, it might need to be close to a hundred. Well, you can't do that if your labor rate's 120 bucks. You, you can't, you'll go broke. So we need to, the whole industry needs a, we got to move forward labor rates. And I know there was a post today on one of the forums. I don't, it sounds like that's all I do, but I only look at, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes a, a day, but I remember all this. Um, there was a post today about, uh, it was a um, sarcastic post that said labor rate fixes everything. Well, no, it doesn't. I mean, come on. But if your labor rate is too low and the industry's labor rates are too low, how do you pay a technician what they're worth? You know, when I started working on cars, we're talking, I'm going to date myself, points and condensers. You know, we're not, we're talking carburetors. Today's, those cars had no computers in them. And today's cars have, you know, multiple computer systems, thousands of feet of, of wiring for communication. And the whole car is controlled with a computer. Well, if you're not a, if you're not a computer whiz, you're not going to be a good diagnostician. So I got to have a guy that's a, a genius working on today's cars. He needs to get paid like a genius. And we're not attracting new technicians to the industry. We're losing them by the droves because they're not getting paid enough because in other industries they get paid more. Jobs um, probably maybe less physical in some other industries. But it's, 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 a lot of it's about pay. I got to take care of my family. I got to get paid. Uh, we, as an industry, we have to go up well above probably well above $200 and we got to get there soon because if I'm going to need to pay, you know, these master technicians, $60, $80 an hour plus the load on top of all that, then I'm going to have to be $200, $220 an hour billing out. We still got guys on these on, on, again, on the forums talking about, well, we're only $85 an hour, $87 an hour. Okay. No wonder you can't pay technicians. Anyway, another rant for another time. (laughs) <laughs> no, all good, but it's, I mean, it's all related, you know, it all comes, you know, comes down to payment performance, all that. But, you know, you talked about the, with the performance enhanced, why, why don't more shops choose this payment model? Is it, is it because, they, is it because they don't have to liberate to support it? Is it because, you know, the, the team to support it? But why don't, it seems like it is a workable model for shops, but why don't it, more well, look I to th- it? I think number one, uh, some people that are actually trying to do it are not doing it well. So, um, you know, the bonus part of it, they're, they're only paying an hour, uh, you know, a dollar, $2 an hour. I, I go into shops and I'm like, what's your bonus structure for your people? And they're like, well, if they hit, you know, 40 hours, then we pay them another $2 an hour. And you're like, okay, how motivational is that? Long time ago when I was working in the workforce, not in the automotive, not where I'm at, uh, I was working at Shakey's Pizza, my first job. And, you know, the, I think the, uh, I'm again, dating myself. I think the minimum wage at the time was two fifty-five, and I'd worked there a year and my boss came and said, we're going to give you a raise. And I was like, oh, great. Finally, you know, and it was like, we're going to give you a nickel an hour. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, right. I'm going to go find a new job because it's not enough to motivate. So when you start talking about bonus structures and bonus pay plans, they need to be enough to motivate. So, you know, a two, three, maybe even $4 bonus is not enough to motivate behavior. But a $10 an hour, $12 an hour bonus times, you know, 45 hours, that's substantial. That's a house payment, right? Uh, you know, in mm-hmm. a month. And uh, that should motivate, at least if, if finance is the motivation, if, if pay is motivation. Uh, there are other motivating factors like a clean shop and, and like uh, having the tools that I need, 
getting the support from the company, not having screaming and yelling, having a structure where I can be successful and not frustrated. Um, but I think probably mostly it's not used as much as it should be. I think it should be in every business, frankly, um, is because guys just don't know about it. You know, they yeah. know hourly, they know, and they've heard about bonus, but they don't really understand bonus structure. I have the, all these rules around bonus structure has to be enough to motivate. Um, uh, don't hold people accountable for things they have no control over. So if part of your bonus as a technician is gross profit, well, you don't have any control over that. I mean, maybe just a teeny bit, because if you produce more hours, you'll actually get a little more gross profit, but it's it's pretty much out of your hands. And so when you bonus somebody for something that's out of their hands, all you do is frustrate them, unless all those things are running correctly, unless the shop's well-managed and everything's working properly. So, you know, probably most shops aren't doing that because you've got coaching companies out there right now putting techs on flat rate because it's the only way to get production out of techs, which again is not true, but that's the, that's the main comment. And then you got, um, you know, techs that are so miserable uh, on flat rate. They're looking for shops that are paying hourly and you have shops that are hourly. They don't know how to do anything else. And they want their techs to be happy and they want to make sure their techs are, are paid. The problem is if you get a tech on hourly, who's not productive, the costs go up dramatically and your profits go down. So you really need to understand your business in a completely different way. Um, you know, we got to move into the, you know, in what are we, what are we looking at? The 20, uh, you know, 21st century, we got a 22nd, whatever it is, we got to move forward. We can't be 1960s thinking, 1980s, 1990s thinking. We need 2025 thinking. Very true. I guess I won't say I think, because maybe I don't know enough, but do you think this is something that for people who are looking to start their own shop this year or shop owners who are pretty new, who are you know looking to grow their shop, should they just get in on the ground floor on this payment plan and start here as opposed to starting with an antiquated model or one of these models that you talked about that really isn't benefiting tech or shop? No. And I'll tell you why. Um, if I put a bonus in front of you that you can't earn, so I'm going to, I'm going to start a new shop or I'm going to go, let's, I'm going to, let's start a new shop. We got, I'm a young tech. I've saved up 50, 60,000. I'm going to, open a door down the street and start my own business, right? So now how productive is my technician going to be, the person that I hire to be a tech in my shop, I don't know, the first six months? They're not going to be very productive because I haven't built up the car count. I don't have the marketing, not enough name in the end, you know, not enough market share, et cetera. And so now I put a carrot in front of you that you can't earn. So that's frustrating. You know, you put a carrot in front of me, I want to be able to get it. And, uh, and so the answer is probably not, you know, the answer is when I bring on, uh, in my shop, it, it was a well-established business. And so we knew we had the customers, we knew we had the car count, we knew we had the sales to make somebody successful. So we put these right in from the start. But if I walk into a new shop today where the techs can't bill out at least 50 hours, um, if they work hard and I say, okay, if you bill out 50 hours, you're going to get X, Y, and Z. And so you can't even get X, Y, and Z because I put you, because we don't have the car count or we don't have the hours to get you to do that, right? To get you there. Then I, all I do is frustrate you. Okay. I think, uh, if I'm a new shop owner, I got to have some kind of a base pay and certainly having a bonus makes sense, but I would keep the bonuses relative to what is accomplishable 
in the beginning, and then I would make adjustments as we moved our business forward. And then you buy another shop and you look at the numbers and you look at the people and you think you see one thing, but when you actually get in there, it's never quite what you thought it was. It might, might be better, might be worse. Most times it's worse. And then, you know, again, you're coming in with a new pay plan for these people and making these big changes. I think you have to build trust first, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm buying another shop. I'm going to probably keep the pay plan they have at least for six months or so because I'm I'm trying to clean up the systems and process again to make the shop run better so that you can earn the money. So either in a case of starting a shop or buying a shop, I'm probably not going right to a uh, performance enhanced pay plan. I'm probably sticking with an hourly uh, pay plan with some kind of bonus structure, but relative to what you can earn, not, not, you know, six months from now, we're running the business at this point much higher. And so I can pay you this extra money in six months, we'll adjust it and move your bonus up. Ah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense to you. Yeah, no, it absolutely. It makes a lot more sense. Uh, Yeah. You don't want to, frustrate your text coming out of the gate when you're just getting started. <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus I think the, the most important thing to start a business today is yeah. to understand the business as a financial model, not we fix cars. Hmm. You know, what's the model? What's, what, what, what are your expenses going to be? How much do you have to produce? Uh, you know, that's going to dictate to you uh, what you can pay. You know, what do you think your hourly rate's going to be? Because I can only pay out, 40% of my hourly rate at all. I can't pay more than that. Um, and we have, it's funny, we still have shops that'll come in and go, well, we'll give you 50% of the hourly rate. And then if they raise the hourly rate, the tech gets a raise, the shop's still going broke because we gave away any of the profit. It's, it, you know, you, you have to understand the business as a business and right. not as a we fix cars. Thank you so much for your time, Cecil. I mean, my best to you in, you know, kind of unrolling this, I think is a, seems like a, a forward thinking way of doing business for both shop and for technicians. So hopefully, you know, this is something that catches on and picks up speed down the road. It will, because in many states, the the flat rate is going away. The It's not even legal in a few states today, and it won't be in the future. It'll be more and more. So you'll have this option or you'll have hourly and that's it. And hourly is not motivational. So you'll, it'll get there. It just right. hopefully sooner rather than later. Right on. Well, I appreciate the talk, Cecil. And uh, hey, man, have a great day. And I'm sure I'll see you around soon at, a, at an event. Yes, sir. You will. All right. Thank talk you soon. for inviting me. Absolutely. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, and you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.